Welcome to the Nature Back podcast, where we are talking about climate change and the green economy. My name is Tarmo Virki, and today I'm speaking with Joanne Rodriguez from MicroCycle. Welcome to the Nature Back, Joanne. Tell us, how do you guys changing the world? Uh, we're training mushrooms to eat trash and create uh, new bio-based raw materials. So going wow. circular uh, with nature. Wow, training mushrooms. How does that work on a daily basis? On a daily basis, we operate um, applying the sciences of mycology and microremediation. It's basic fermentation practice. But what we're able to do is to um, identify species that have been known cleaners um, in the environment, uh, expose them to materials so that they kind of kind of. Oh, sorry. Uh, so they are well attuned to. Um, how to digest and process, and then we replicate those species and strains. So we don't do any uh, genetic engineering or modification of species. We just let, let nature do what nature does. And uh, we continue to fortify them, though, with, with optimum conditions. Uh, I understood that you can kind of use the, basically a lot of different waste. It's not the, I don't know, the classical idea of uh, maybe some bio bio biological waste from the kitchen, which is reused, but you can do construction materials or stuff like that. Yeah. So my background is in construction products and material manufacturing. And I was a former director of sustainability at the corporate level. And we just couldn't get our clients to zero waste. Uh, and many of the products we produce and our industry produce are made of petrochemicals. Um, fast forward, I left there in, in 2017, knowing there was a huge issue, started an environmental consulting firm, and I learned about the power of mushrooms and their ability to clean petrochemicals in nature. In fact, they love heavy hydrocarbons. And so thinking about that and what was already happening naturally and, and applying it in a different way is what got the start for MycoCycle. And, um, and so we really are just using and optimizing nature. We're part, I don't like to say use, we're partnering with nature and um, foundationally letting fungi do what they do, which is clean and build. And, and so there's a duality to the process that we benefit from. They're able to uh, break down construction materials that contain petrochemicals. Uh, that's the, the tip of the spear for us. Um, in the United States alone, there's 660 million tons of construction and demolition waste that gets landfilled or incinerated every year. That's twice the amount of municipal solid waste, so paper, plastic, food. Um, and I don't mean to minimize those waste streams. We have a huge waste issue globally. Um, it's just that we don't really talk about this sector because it's not glamorous. And, and it's kind of uh, difficult. And I think if you don't come with a background, um, it's hard to solve that problem. So that's what we're really working on is processing materials in the construction and demolition sector, uh, roofing products, the walls around you, the floors beneath you, your ceilings, and then creating new bio-based raw materials that could go back into the built environment space. So it could really drive circularity where none existed. Well, I can imagine the kind of uh, video spots you guys could be making of uh, old houses and uh, fungi and turning into the new houses. Uh, what, what was the kind of starting point? You talked a little bit about the consultancy and understanding the problem, but was there a kind of aha moment when you thought that, hey, 
I need to team up with this, this, and this person, and we can launch a company to actually crack this problem. Yeah, I took a course in um, permaculture design from Oregon State University. So we're headquartered outside of Chicago. We're not talking about what mushrooms do on a daily basis. Uh, uh, I get, I don't know if we're just not as inclined to do that. But the Pacific Northwest is, you know, where Paul Stamets is from. He's a grandfather of mycology. And um, when I took that course, we talked a lot about the role of fungi in nature Um, enzymatic breakdown, the ability to process lignans like the trees, you know, you take a walk in the forest, they're growing on uh, and decomposing um, dead trees and um, sequestering carbon and really become part of the carbon cycling. And so um, I started to delve a little bit deeper to learn that really the um, fungi are the best cleaners of petrochemicals known to man. Um, And they're their enzymes are able to dispatch and effectively process. And that's what was the aha moment for me that I'm like, this is exactly what's in the products and materials that uh, are in the construction industry. And that create a dilemma, um, not only in terms of the chemicals in them. And so we're seeing wholesale bans on certain products going into landfill, like um, gypsum wallboard. So just look to the walls around you when they go into a landfill, they create a hydrogen sulfide gas and that off gassing um, creates an environmental hazard. So gypsum itself may not be um, really dangerous, but it, it in the processing and when it reverts, it becomes an issue. So we decided to just start applying that. I found uh, um, source to mycologist that we worked with early on um, I formed the company to protect IP and launched MycoCycle Fully in 2020 um, as a as a means to address these um, high volume waste streams. Uh, but we're also able to go into other petrochemicals. So not just construction and demolition, but into uh, fibers that you might find in textiles and colorants and, and really try to control and decentralize these processes so we can adopt them more widely. Very cool. Uh, you kind of formed the company in 2020. We are now in January 2023. How far are you in this kind of fungizing the construction industry or the construction waste uh, sector? How many of those uh, gypsum walls have you already turned into something new or or how far away it's still? Yeah, no, we um, spent the, the bulk of 2022 working on scaling, um, refining, and optimizing our process. So uh, we treated thousands and thousands, over 10,000 pounds of material out in the field across um, crumb rubber, uh, gypsum wallboard, and asphalt shingles. Uh, From that, we spent the rest of the year really aggregating the data, forming byproducts, and then getting those byproducts into the hands of multi-global manufacturers. So we know we could treat and we know how to do it and where we need to improve. Um, we're able to go out and, and start scaling projects in the field. What What is really critical and where we see recycling fail, right, is there's no end use for those materials. So it's one thing to get it out of landfill, but then what do you do with it? And so uh, the duality of fungi, we have a duality of our process that drives circular reuse. Uh, These manufacturers um, make anything from sealant products to uh, uh, 
commercial insulation to gypsum wallboards and acoustic ceilings, uh, carpets and hard surface flooring. They've been taking the byproducts of the process and running research and development on them. So uh, we're really excited about where we're headed to uh, get into plans and collaborate with these major manufacturers on how they see using these materials into uh, their products as um, a benefit. And and it's not just like replacing um, a filler or a fiber. They're really looking at how the mycelium enhances performance. So it actually could improve the performance of the materials. The, uh, you know, I'm calling it calling in from the other side of the world and uh, seeing from fungi in general kind of becoming increasingly used in sm- small and medium enterprises in startups they use fungi to build I don't know packaging material they use fungi to do the furniture to do to do the materials for arts are we seeing some kind of the fungi revolution or Oh yeah, that's I mean it's going to be um it, it's going to be a viable plastic polymer replacement. That's where what we're seeing it replaced now. And it has been primarily on the consumer side and high fashion um and art. Um but the reality is we we can do better through chemistry and we can do better to formulate our materials. And what we're seeing from the mycelium and these mycelium composites from waste is that they could present viable alternatives to things like calcium carbonate or perlite or things that we would mine that have a heavy carbon intensity. Um, And we've already seen uh, use cases being established around mycelium coming from agricultural input being used in the insulation boards. passing fire tests and compressive strength tests, uh, fully fully mushroom-based. But what, what I know from the manufacturing sector is that they tend to be a little reserved. Uh, they need to be, right? Because we're in buildings and they need to protect us from fire and water and the elements. Um, and so that's why by choice, we're really deliberately going into a filler fiber market where we're looking at incremental replacements of other commodity type of materials so we can get manufacturers more in line with starting to replace these without having to change entire formulations. And that buys us both time then to really look at how we shift the needle on the carbon intensity of materials developed in the life cycle of the built environment. Um, and that's that's a much larger context, but I think we'll get there sooner rather than later. There are many many mycelium producers globally that are starting um, to enter this arena to create um, industrial use materials from mycelium. You see also that in the kind of sector of using the construction waste, other companies building solutions based on mycelium or are you unique, so to say? We're unique so far. I mean, we're starting to see more come uh, from the agricultural input space. That's, you know, that is a real valid discussion that we're using agricultural waste. Uh, We have the potential to use cannabis waste, which is going to be the next big waste issue in North America, if not globally, um, as it gets legalized here in the United States. But um, we we just see a lot of value in creating value from waste. 
It is a liability for human and environmental health. And I think that's the differentiator. Uh, right now, I see us as being the only ones doing this with the nature-backed solution. Um, we are seeing others work in the recycling of construction and demolition debris or hard to recycle industrial waste streams that's usually coming through chemical recycling. Um, some would say incineration, waste to energy is a form. It's not really being as embraced now that there are more emerging solutions um, that look at the valorization of waste and how, how we create new opportunities. Coming from the kind of media and marketing background, if you combine cannabis and mushrooms, I mean, there I, I can see huge potential there. Right. There, there is. And honestly, um, some of the cannabis growers that we have talked to commercially here in the United States, uh, they have they want to be more sustainable. There's a, a lot of packaging that's plastic uh, for safety reasons. Right. Even the CBD oils and whatnot. Uh, we see the opportunity even to create a vertical within MycoCycle that just addresses cannabis waste. Um remove some of that liability from these growers, and then create packaging products right back to their industry. Uh, we're super excited about some of the initial conversations around this. Um, I think if any industry was to back it, that would definitely be one. Um, and that would potentially take us into a consumer-facing side. And sometimes it's easier to, to scale in that manner. But we also know that hemp has been a great al alternative material to work with mycelium and, and create really structural soundness um, and as a stabilizer. And we see cannabis as having that opportunity as well. Um, we just want to be uh, cognizant of the reserved nature of most building materials manufacturers. And if we start to talk about cannabis and mushrooms into their wallboard, they might get a little skittish about um, innovating around that. I understand that. Uh, looking forward into the 2023, what are your kind of next big milestones or what are your next challenges on your table? I mean, we really want to have a validated finished product in hand um, in the fall. We're, we're really close. Uh, like I said, we're getting a lot of data sets back. Some of our initial data sets around um, mycelium and gypsum drywall composites show us that it can perform um, with the same uh, strength and compression as styrofoam. So imagine if we could replace styrofoam. So it's not always a one-to-one -one replacement that we're going from wallboard to wallboard. We might have to think a little bit more um, inventively. Uh, but so th that's one big one. The other is to have our prototype module um, another part of our value statement is to really decentralize waste management. Uh, that's where the carbon intensity comes from. 16% of all methane, man-made methane gas comes from the waste management industry. Most of it is attributed to transportation. So if we start to decentralize and treat the waste where it's being generated, uh, we can have a huge impact. So we're really looking at the development of our prototype module um, that could take us out to the field where the waste is generated. Uh, we'll have that this year. And the establishment of um, of a, a really a subscription model, an industrial subscription model, where we have an autonomous pod 
and we could just send out our um, materials and it's, it's super easy to do. Uh, that's been a goal and intention of mine from day one is to make it super simple because we tend to overcomplicate technologies and that's why they don't get adopted uh, widely. Exactly. The typical solution would be to build one factory, invest uh, hundreds of millions, and then ship all the waste from different parts of the world to that factory and create more emissions on the way than the factory could save or along those lines, right? Correct. And that's, you know, I, I think there has to be an intentionality when you're you're building a company. Like, it's not just a thing. We're building a company. Our principles are really regenerative. Uh, we don't want to do more harm in the process. And so at the implementation of each step, we're taking a look at saying, how could we improve this, not only uh, financially, you know, but uh, from a climate perspective or even uh, from a sustainability perspective or an accessibility perspective, you know, um, waste is a luxury item for many communities globally. Um, and so if we're able to move the needle on that, uh, I think that that has a great deal of value. Absolutely. Any kind of uh, overarching wrapping words, uh, eat, more, eat more mushrooms or any, <laughs> any more uh, you know, advice to their audience to be more kind of receptive uh, uh, in mycelium in your surroundings? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, one thing to, I'm always like pay attention to nature, right? It's always giving us the answer. Um, biomimicry uh, in design is not just an emerging trend. It is where we should be. Um, I would just say that realize that there is no waste in nature. That's a man-made construct. And so uh, looking for solutions in nature to solve these problems um, are, are key and critical to how we really battle this climate change. And I do think that mycelium is the key to um, helping curb or at least slow our role on climate change. And we, we need to really start to adopt, invest, innovate, and collaborate with mycelium-based technologies and not be so skeptical. Uh, this has already been proven, right? And I've got, there are people that I'm following that have been doing this for a decade or more, and they're doing it really well, so... Thanks, Jan, for this uh, discussion and good luck to you guys uh, going ahead. Yeah, thank you, Tarmo. I appreciate it. I appreciate what you do. Join us again for the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please give us a good rating and leave the feedback in your podcast player so others will find it too. We will be back next week. Turn on to Nature Backed Podcast. I'm DC. I host the rock podcast back to the arena. The interviews. It's about a 30 minute podcast where I talk one on one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to back to the arena. The interviews. Electric acid. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. 
With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to electrocast.com and join our community today. Electrocast. Transform your influence. Electrocast. Electric acid.